Hello and welcome to the Truth Seekers Podcast. A true seeker is someone who wants to know the truth. They search for what's true and they won't rest until they find it. I am a true seeker and if you are too, then you've come to the right place where we will search for truth each week in the stories of the Bible. Welcome back, True Seekers, to another episode of the True Seekers Podcast. If you've been following along, then you know we've been learning about the return of the Israelites to their promised land. The Israelites, who returned to the land of Israel and to the capital city of Jerusalem, began to rebuild the temple, the beautiful temple that King Solomon had built so many years before, had been destroyed by the Babylonians. The Israelites, who had returned under King Cyrus of Persia, had been allowed to rebuild their temple in their capital city of Jerusalem and the walls that surrounded the city. But if you listened to our last episode, you learned that King Xerxes, the king who came to power after King Cyrus, ordered a decree to stop the building of the temple because of the complaints of the people who had been living in the land when the Israelites returned. And so the work on the house of God in Jerusalem came to a standstill. Years went by and no work on the temple was completed. Only the foundation had been laid and nothing else. There it sat, incomplete. The people turned their attention to working on their own homes and dwelling places, all while forgetting about the temple. Until one day, one day when God called a certain prophet to speak on his behalf. Do you remember what a prophet is? Do you remember when we learned about some of the prophets like Isaiah and Jeremiah? They were men of God who spoke the words of the Lord that God gave them to speak. They even spoke the words of God when it was not popular to do so. Well, God raised up another prophet during this time to speak to the Israelites, to encourage them, to remind them of their calling. This prophet's name was Haggai. Can you say Haggai? God spoke words to Haggai to speak to the Israelites that would encourage them and tell them what to do. Haggai spoke to the people and said, You have said, The time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. But the word of the Lord has come, saying, Is it a time for you yourselves to be living in your paneled houses while this house, the Lord's house, remains in ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says, Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much, but have harvested little. You eat but never have enough. You drink, but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but you are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. You see, the Israelites had not placed God as first in all of their ways. They had gone back to their homes and began living lives unto themselves. They had let the voices of their enemies discourage them and cause them to forget about the temple. And without a temple to worship Yahweh, they did not have a place to go, to remember him, to pray to him, to offer sacrifices to him, and to look to him for help and provision. Until now. 
Haggai said to the people, This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountains and bring down timber and build the temple so that I may take pleasure in it and be honored, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why? declares the Lord Almighty, because of my house, which remains in ruins, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. Well, when the people heard Haggai's message, their hearts were stirred. Here they had been focusing on their own lives and their own houses and neglected the house of the Lord. Then Zerubbabel and Joshua the high priest and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai, because the Lord their God had sent him, and the people feared the Lord. Then Haggai the Lord's messenger gave one of the most important messages of the Lord to his people. It was a message they desperately needed to hear. Haggai said to the people, I am with you, declares the Lord. Oh, the people heard that and their hearts were strengthened. They knew the Lord their God was with them and that he would be with them as they were faithful to rebuild the house of the Lord. So the Lord stirred up the spirit of Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, and the spirit of Joshua, the high priest, and the spirit of the whole remnant of the people. They came together and began to work on the house of the Lord Almighty, their God, on the 24th day of the sixth month in the second year of King Darius. Now you might be thinking, King Darius? Who is King Darius? The last king we learned about was King Xerxes, and he was the one who had ordered the decree that had commanded the Israelites to stop the work of the temple. What will happen? Will this new king, King Darius, also issue a decree for the Israelites to stop their work on the temple? Just as the enemies of the Israelites who were living in the land had gone to them before to try to stop them, sure enough, they came back and said, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and to finish it? They also asked, what are the names of those who are constructing this building? But the eye of the God of the Israelites was watching over them, and they were not stopped until a report could go to King Darius and his written reply be received. You see, King Darius was the new Persian king who had come to power after King Xerxes. He needed to be filled in on the situation. So the enemies of the Israelites sent another letter, but this time to King Darius. And this is a copy of the letter that was sent to King Darius. The report they sent him read as follows. To King Darius, cordial greetings. The king should know that we went to the district of Judah, to the temple of the great God. The people are building it with large stones and placing the timbers in the walls. The work is being carried on with diligence and is making rapid progress under their direction. We questioned the elders and asked them, who authorized you to rebuild this temple and to finish it? We also asked them their names so that we could write down the names of their leaders for your information. This is the answer they gave us. We are the servants of the God of heaven and earth, and we are rebuilding the temple that was built many years ago, one that a great king of Israel built and finished. But because our ancestors angered the God of heaven, he gave them into the hands of Nebuchadnezzar, the king of Babylon, who destroyed this temple and deported the people to Babylon. 
However, in the first year of King Cyrus of Babylon, King Cyrus issued a decree to rebuild the house of God. So we came and laid the foundations of the house of God in Jerusalem. From that day to the present, it has been under construction, but is not yet finished. Now, if it pleases the king, let a search be made in the royal archives of Babylon to see if King Cyrus did, in fact, issue a decree to rebuild this house of God in Jerusalem. Then let the king send us his decision in this matter. King Darius, after he read this letter and read the cry of the Israelites, issued an order to search in the archives to search throughout all of the stored treasury at Babylon to find whether or not King Cyrus really had issued a decree for the Israelites to rebuild their temple. Sure enough, after a search was conducted, there a scroll was found, and on it was written this. In the first year of King Cyrus, the king issued a decree concerning the temple of God in Jerusalem. Let the temple be rebuilt as a palace to present sacrifices, and let its foundations be laid. It is to be sixty cubits high and sixty cubits wide, with three courses of large stones and one of timbers. The costs are to be paid by the royal treasury. Also the gold and silver articles of the house of God which Nebuchadnezzar took from the temple in Jerusalem are to be brought back to the temple. They are to be returned to their places in the temple in Jerusalem, and they are to be deposited in the house of God. Well, when King Darius read these words that had been written by King Cyrus, he said to the enemies of the Israelites, Stay away from there. Do not interfere with the work on this temple of God. Let the governor of the Jews and the Jewish elders rebuild this house of God on its site. Moreover, I hereby decree what you are to do for these elders of the Jews in the construction of this house of God. Their expenses are to be fully paid out of the royal treasury from the revenues of trans-Euphrates so that the work will not stop. Whatever is needed, young bulls, rams, male lambs for burnt offerings to the God of heaven, wheat, salt, wine, and olive oil as requested by the priest in Jerusalem must be given them daily without fail so that they may offer sacrifices pleasing to the God of heaven and pray for the well-being of the king and his sons. I, Darius, have decreed it. Let it be carried out with diligence. Did you hear that, truth seekers? The very people who had tried to stop the rebuilding of the house of the Lord were now commanded to help pay for it. God would provide everything the Israelites needed in the rebuilding of his temple. Where once there was discouragement and defeat, God brought encouragement and provision. He provided everything they would need in order to complete the rebuilding of his temple. So, the elders of the Jews continued to build and prosper under the preaching of Haggai the prophet. They finished building the temple according to the command of the God of Israel and the decrees of Cyrus and Darius of Persia. The temple was completed on the third day of the month of Adar, in the sixth year of the reign of King Darius. Then the people of Israel, the priests, the Levites, and the rest of the exiles celebrated the dedication of the house of God with joy. What a happy ending for the Israelites. The temple had been rebuilt, yet it was not as magnificent as the first temple had been, the one that had been built by King Solomon. 
many of the older Jews who were standing there when the new temple was completed remembered the glory of the first temple. Their hearts may have been a bit sad, but God knew, and he sent Haggai with another message to encourage them. The Lord said to Haggai, Speak to Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, to Joshua the high priest, and to the remnant of the people. Ask them, Who of you is left who saw this house in its former glory? How does it look to you now? Does it not seem to you like nothing? But now be strong, Zerubbabel, declares the Lord. Be strong, Joshua the high priest. Be strong, all you people of the land, declares the Lord. And work, for I am with you, declares the Lord Almighty. This is what I have covenanted with you when you came out of Egypt, and my spirit remains among you today. Do not fear. I will shake all nations, and what is desired by all nations will come, and I will fill this house with glory, says the Lord Almighty. The silver is mine, and the gold is mine, declares the Lord Almighty. The glory of this present house will be greater than the glory of the former house, says the Lord Almighty. And in this place I will grant peace, declares the Lord Almighty. Who, truth seekers, what a wonderful God we serve, isn't he? Right then and there, God reminded the people of his covenant promise to them. His promise that he had made so long ago to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that he would be their God and they would be his people. God's plan had not failed. All of those Israelites who had waited 70 years in exile, who had watched the temple be destroyed, who had been removed from the land, who might have been tempted to think that God had forgotten them, all of those Israelites now saw the faithfulness of God. He had returned them to their land. He had helped them to rebuild his temple. And now he would continue to be faithful to the promise that he had made. When God makes a promise, he keeps it, and he would keep his covenant to the Israelites. They might have been tempted to think that God had given up on them. They might have been tempted to think that God had forgotten them. But God was faithful to his promise. God had a plan. They couldn't see it at the time, but his plan was greater than any temple. His plan was greater than anything they could even imagine. God was about to do something wonderful, amazing, so magnificent, they could not even see it coming. God was bringing them back to the land because he had a plan. What was that plan, you ask? Well, before we end this story today, you should know something special about Zerubbabel, the governor over Judah. The word of the Lord came to Haggai again, and this time the Lord had a specific message for Zerubbabel. He said, Tell Zerubbabel, governor of Judah, that I am going to shake the heavens and the earth. I will overturn royal thrones and shatter the power of the foreign kingdoms. I will overthrow chariots and their drivers. Horses and their riders will fall, each by the sword of his brother. On that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will take you, my servant Zerubbabel, declares the Lord, and I will make you like my signet ring, for I have chosen you, declares the Lord Almighty. Dear true seekers, what could this final message mean? What did Haggai mean when he prophesied that Zerubbabel would be like a signet ring? What did it mean that God had chosen him? Well, if we look forward a few hundred years, 
we will find that a baby would be born, a baby in the town of Bethlehem, a baby named Jesus. Jesus would be the descendant of, can you guess who? Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel's great, 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 great grandson would be Jesus. You see, God had a plan after all, all the way from his covenant to Abraham until now. God knew he was going to bring the Israelites back from exile, and through them, he would send his son, his one and only son, to be the true king of kings and lord of lords. Only kings wear signet rings. When God told Zerubbabel that he would be like a signet ring, he was pointing to the future when the true king of kings and lord of lords would come to earth and shake the heavens and the earth. God's plan would not fail. He would have his way. Jesus would come and be born to live and die as the one who would take away our sins and overcome death and the grave and rule and reign forevermore. Oh, true seekers, they did not know it yet, but God's plan was going to unfold in ways they could only imagine. Jesus was coming. If you'd like to read today's story in your Bible, you can find it in Ezra chapter 5 and in Haggai chapters 1 and 2. Let me pray with you before we go. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you that even when life seems chaotic or out of control, that you still have a plan. You have always had a plan. We are so excited to see how your plan is still unfolding. Your plan was to send Jesus to live as a man and die for our sins and to overcome death in the grave so that we too might overcome. Now we wait for you to return a second time. For those who have accepted Jesus as their Lord and Savior, God, you will come for us again. You will return for us one day as we wait for you. Thank you, Father, that you will bring your kingdom fully so that we might live and reign with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, before we go, I have a couple reviews here to read. This review says, Dear Sherilyn, I wake up every morning and I go to listen to your podcast, and I think that it helps me know Jesus every time. Thank you so much for making this podcast. Love, Selah. Selah, thank you so much for listening, and I love that the podcast is helping you to know Jesus more and more. This review says, Hi there, we love your podcast, and I love it so much. Thank you for that. And this last review that I'm going to read today says, My three kids, Elizabeth, Andrew, and Catherine, and I listen to your podcast every morning on our way to school, sometimes on our way back and at nighttime. We absolutely love the way you teach the Bible and how easy it is to understand. Also, the prayers at the end are such a nice feature. When my kids do their prayers, I've noticed they use some of your words. Thank you so much for sharing your talents with all of us. We appreciate you. Greetings from Waybridge, UK. Well, thank you so much for that review. Thank you, Elizabeth, Andrew, and Catherine for listening. I love that the prayers and the podcast are helping you to pray as well. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. And I look forward to our time together next week.